What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is episode number 290. And for two weeks in a row, we're going to be talking about a lot of movies that are coming out on the day that this podcast comes out. So last week we talked about a bunch. This week we're going to do the same thing. There's not a lot of news to talk about yeah. in this podcast, if any, really. So, I mean, we got a lot to talk about with these releases. Before we get there, I'm Steve, and I'm here as always with... I'm Ron. And John. And we're going to be talking about some releases uh, today that are kind of hitting Apple TV+, Plus, Hulu, and uh, today theaters in a couple weeks, the PVOD selection of your choice. So today we're going to be talking about Cherry, the new film from the Russo brothers uh, starring Tom Holland. Uh, there's also a documentary coming out on Hulu called Kid 90. John mentioned it last week a little bit in the uh, episode but we're going to maybe talk about that a little more today. And then the final movie that we're going to be talking about is the um, theatrical release that hits today in Select City's The Father, which stars Anthony Hopkins and uh, Olivia Coleman. And uh, yeah, that one's the one that in two weeks, uh, I think it's going to be on whatever PVOD uh, video on demand mm. uh, channel you prefer to use. But can't get to theaters uh, to see it um, you know that that's the one in a couple weeks you'll be able to watch at home but is there one that you guys want to jump into first anything you want to start with um, I like that order that you put them in that okay. seems that seems good that that's a great order I thought so too so why don't we do that <laughs> so so let's start with cherry so so cherry is the probably the biggest of them I mean cherry kind of came out in a limited theatrical um a couple weeks back to kind of still qualify for a lot of the awards stuff to kind of hit that end of february cutoff date but this is the russo brothers this is their big follow-up you know the big movie they're doing after the whole marvel uh of it all and they brought tom holland along with them this is kind of like a epic two and a half hour movie maybe more i felt like that i don't know but um, I think it's like two hours and twenty minutes. Oh, but twenty. Yeah, it okay. Feels... It, it gets. It, yeah, it feels a little. It feels like it could be pushing two and a half at least to me. Um, yeah, there's but, reasons why you might be thinking it feels longer than than it was. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but it's like it's not. A, it's not as long as the last couple Avengers movies were. So yeah. the, you know those are those are much more epic uh, uh, length than than this. So right, right, right. So um, I don't know. Where should we start with Cherry? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah. Mentioned he's in it. I mean, we, we all love him as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? And everyone seems to agree that he's got his boyish charm, his his kind of, for lack of a better word, vivacity <laughs> kind of like makes that character really click. Um, does he have a hard time connecting with audiences outside of that role? We've kind of alluded to that before, but I mean, you know, he's had a few of these sort of, I'm not just Spider-Man type movies come out, and I don't think anyone says he's bad in them, but I don't think that he quite carries over it's that same question you have with any of these people in these big franchises robert downey jr does it um, yeah you know uh, you just want chris evans it's like you just wonder how much star power does this person have outside, outside yeah. of of this role now I, I think tom holland is enjoyable in this movie and i think he gives it his all and he's definitely not uh, uh the problem uh, but I don't know. I feel like people are kind of kicking this movie around. I don't know if I felt as negatively towards it as, as a lot of people have, but I totally, Ronald, you, you mentioned that when you were watching it, you were going, why are people so hard on this movie? And then you got to a point where you were like, oh, wait, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the movie kind of does that to you. It hand waves all these, all these things that happen in this guy's life, um, going to war, uh, uh, you know, his coming back, being addicted to drugs. It kind of consolidates all of those things. It shortens these things it moves through them so quickly um in a strange way that i feel like it doesn't really connect with some aspects of the guy's story but i think some parts of the movie are, are well made you know what what maybe you can elaborate on that moment ronald when you started to think um, I, th- I think i see why people don't like this movie i don't i don't think it went through any of the moments quickly i think it all it all moved in what i could describe as slow motion it was <laughs> almost watching paint dry i don't want so okay slice of life movies can be very entertaining right and i was having a hard time understanding how these things connected i mean i i I understand that going to war and getting ptsd can lead to drug addiction but i don't think they connected the dots quite as well as i would have thought for this film like it just the russo brothers tell action 
packed tales in the Disney world, and this didn't feel like action packed in the best way. Like it, this could have been an hour and a half of a great movie. Instead, it was uh, a two hours of a very sluggish movie. Like it was very sluggish to me. It just didn't. And Ken yeah. Tom and Tom Holland uh, cursing is almost like singing during uh singing curse words during R&B. I don't want to hear profanity sang. I don't want you to go fuck. I don't want to hear that. I want you to sing blue sing with soul. I don't want it's like hearing him curse is very uncomfortable. And if I'm going to see it it has to warrant it. And this him just also the makeup was weird. I don't buy Tom Holland as a drug addict. He has a baby face, man. I have a hard time accepting. He's he doesn't look rough enough. He doesn't have the edge. I, he did. He was not hitting it for me. I did like the army yeah. part. I thought he was very good in the army part. Like I felt like this is a uh, fish out of water. Yeah. This kid's kind of flailing. But see, but that's the part that I felt like they moved through so quickly. Think, yeah. like, I thought his war experience was going to be much more telling yeah. and. And, and important to the story. And it was like one of the shorter sequences in the movie. So I kind of agree with you that the movie overall was sluggish. Yeah. I'm talking about like the, the, the highlight reel, the, the story points. They just kind of move through them without really, like I know what you said, without connecting it into much of a story with a thrust yeah. to it. It just felt like, oh, then this happened, then this happened, uh, then this, <laughs> happened, then this <laughs> yeah. happened. You know, it, it didn't feel like, uh, oh, okay, this is all building. Yeah. And so when you say, oh, he goes to war, he gets PTSD, he becomes an addict, that sounds much more linear, I think, than what the movie presents. Yes, um, you're right. But Yeah, I think that like, so in general, I, I don't really personally think that Tom Holland really works in this movie uh, mm. at all. Like, and I mean, I, I don't think he's a bad actor. I really like him. Um, but I had a lot of trouble kind of like buying the character. Um, and maybe it's just like that I'm so, maybe that's a personal thing. I'm having trouble seeing past like uh, uh, like an image of him that I have in my head. And maybe it's just so much Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And I, I think he's maybe having an issue getting past it. Because I don't think he's really been in something that, he i mean he's okay he's good in the movie i guess you know like I, it didn't really connect with me in general but i think he's like it, it's a very good example of like somebody having trouble getting past the marvel of it all you know like carrying a movie having enough charisma um presence on the screen i don't really feel like i'm getting that from him and anything that i've seen him in really outside of this of the marvel films and I think that really is a problem with this movie because like, you know, this, this is a, this movie is based on a novel of the same name by Nika Walker. It was like a bestseller and, you know, it's a semi-autobiographical story of his life. And like reading about that guy and the book and a lot of what the book is talking about, like, I don't really feel like what I watch on the screen uh, in this character of Cherry, like, I, I don't really feel like it kind of gets to the level of, like like grit that the character from the book had, you know, yeah. or from the, from his life, had, or even the Nika Walker. Like if you see him in interviews, like it just I don't know that it's captured. And um and I think in general, like I like you know obviously I'm I freaking some of the best Marvel movies in my opinion are their films, but I just feel like this is um kind of like a scattershot movie for me. Like I feel like the Russo brothers. They just went like pure style over substance for me. And like, there's a lot of substance in this story. Like you're saying, there's a lot of really interesting narrative beats that should have been strung together more effectively, efficiently, where like, I feel like scenes coming up, it's like more effort is being put into like the shot than the actual story or the characters that we keep getting introduced to. Yeah, And, mm -hmm. um, and that really catches up with, with you throughout the film because you really start to, or I, I at least really started to feel that when I'm really being taken through the movie, primarily through the voiceover, which really bothered me. And the whole narration, like, you know, everything that we're learning about the characters is all through narration, not through the screen, not yeah. through the character's performance, like his friend and um, the drug dealer that he's with all the time. Like everything you're learning about them is just purely what he's telling us not what you're telling in, in, in the shot or... And I think that just exposes a problem with the screenplay, with the story itself, with the way it was put up. And 
there's some really weird like stylistic choices in the movie like the whole like rectal exam when he goes into the army like that stands out to me like what the fuck yeah like right when you like, said style over substance i was thinking do people know we literally mean there's a shot that's yeah. shot from the point of view of inside tom holland's asshole yeah like in um, his colon or yeah. yeah and but it's not like the movie fits that tone or has a lot of that it's just doing whatever you know sometimes yeah, like on weird. breaking bad or better call saul they'll have like a shot of someone's digging a hole and then suddenly the camera's mounted on the shovel right and and you and it can look really cool yes. and they always find some way some way to make you go wow what a great sequence yeah. what an imaginative way to shoot that what they, they have yet to repeat a, a montage style you know they'll, right. they'll do a different thing every time and but there is that point where you would go. Did they ever do something where they're like, "Well, this is just too fucking silly. We can't yeah, have no. like he's stirring his coffee and the 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 spoon is the point of view." So it's like I don't know if there's a thing that there's a matter of taste or restraint or something that the Russo brothers weren't showing with that kind of shot. But I would even say we have to mention like Scorsese, Scorsese, Scorsese. It really feels like they are trying Absolutely. to do. A Scorsese riff, and when you talk about the substance, I mean, it's it's almost like the elements were all there. I really do think the screenplay might be the problem. Yeah, the way this thing was put together, because I, I, I think I did like Tom Holland in this part more because he did seem unlikely, and I think the point of this guy is that he's kind of a baby-faced guy who would seem unlikely. But I think the screenplay wasn't doing us any favors with that super derivative voiceover uh that you're talking about which just yeah. really did not help i mean it had a but it also had so much of the actual story in the that's, voiceover that's bad though. so it's like and yeah. that's a problem to, yeah. yeah i agree that's a problem and i i think that is a i mean you don't want voiceover that you could just cut out and it wouldn't wouldn't leave a mark on the movie but that whole thing about voiceover being a crutch which i don't think is true necessarily but it seems more true in a movie where the voiceover is literally like papering over the holes uh, in the in the thing, um, were there any other performances that seem worth mentioning, or, or no. you know, secondary characters that stood out to you? No, not, uh, not to me, really. I mean, to be honest, isn't with that you, a problem with like yeah, really bad? Super. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you say Scorsese, and I was like thinking, like, uh, I think reading about the movie and knowing about the book and like the scope of it in terms of time and 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 his life, it does feel like it's kind of like a weird mix of like of like a Forrest Gump kind of scope of life and like a Scorsese, like a Goodfellas or a Wolf of Wall Street. And and it's like really, that could be a cool movie, especially with this Wolf story. Wolf of Gump Street. Right, right. Especially what this story is. But yeah, it's like there, there's a there's a misconnection somewhere where like, you know, it, 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 it really started to heavily favor one over the other. And, you know, there wasn't that, yeah, there wasn't that balance where like it's like the, the, the voiceover it's something that really stood out to me because like it really wasn't enhancing the story it was just telling us information that we weren't getting from right. yeah. all these scenes with these friends like the friend that he ends up like the, trying to open the safe like there's one line of dialogue like i went to this guy because he was a he worked at a locksmith like it's just like a really random thing to just be like how convenient is that you know it's like that's the guy you know and it ended up yeah. not even being a factor in that whole scene it's just just I weird stuff like that I think the thing that I think about, honestly, is it, it feels very pedestrian. Um, I don't... So, I my dad was in the military. Um, I have a lot of friends that were in the military. And I think it's just missing a lot of nuance. I think sometimes, like... I think there's something to... Like, sometimes when the, the, the army's portrayed in things... It's just like this, like, oh, yeah, Scorsese sort of approach, like, you know. But sometimes the nuance and what made that movie great is yeah. kind of what, what it is. Like, it, it's like, it doesn't feel like a person that was in the military did this movie. It doesn't feel like a person that had these experiences did this movie. It feels like a rock star version of these things. When even when yes. he was high... Like, I know drug addicts. I knew drug addicts. I, like, when you see a drug... Th this version of drug addiction was so rock starry. I I didn't feel bad for him. Like, it, it's very pedestrian. It's very, like, third account of it. It's not even second account. It feels very, like, sure, you had the... This screenplay might have been incredible. But the portrayal... Uh, the portrayal... I'm sorry. The portrayal of this stuff just didn't feel genuine. I... I happen to have friends and family in all of these things, segments of his life, 
that I've experienced firsthand, and none of this felt real. It felt like a person talking about it. First, like, Do you know bank like, robbers? I was about to say, we need to talk to your bank robber friends. I know robbers. I, I know a couple robbers. They know cold any bank robbers. But cash. Yeah. Can they just throw us one <laughs> yeah. uh, brown bag that has a dollar sign That's on it? it? That's yeah. it? That's it? Yeah. But there's like something to that. Yeah. There's like something You're right. To, You're right. Yeah. No, it's very superficial in yeah. that sense. And Super- it, it, which is unfortunate because you kind of are rooting for the Russo brothers to like, you know, we like them. Uh, their background before they started doing the Marvel stuff is like in like you know Arrested Development and uh, and mm-hmm. Community. So they've they've done some awesome Man. things, and they're like creative people. And on on Community, those episodes they would do that would be like a perfect style parody of something. This almost feels like yep. they are doing a style parody of it a is. Scorsese film, but without right. the humor, without the without the jokes. Um, yeah, this movie should be. I mean, I hate to say this because it's so dark, but it's trying to like be a movie about dark subjects that is breezy yeah yeah uh yeah. and it doesn't feel breezy you know uh even yeah. though i you know like i don't know it's, it's that whole thing of moving through many years of a person's life that yeah. uh yeah you need something more than just kind of a half-baked uh voiceover to do it and like you said ronald some kind of questionable makeup i especially didn't really buy the uh, the gritty transformation of i hate that i don't know the actress's name or the character's name but the 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 femme fatale slash uh, girlfriend in this that he yeah. you know ho- hooks up with is uh, I just didn't buy her much at all she she felt like a cinematic construct it's you know? Sierra Bravo yeah it's you know Sierra Bravo yeah. I think about like it's it's not in the face like it's it's weird it's like they put all the all the destruction was in the face when when mm-hmm. addiction is it's, weird it's like in the hands it's, it's like uh, it's like yeah. It, it's in in the addiction isn't like somebody not enough sometimes it's like we're having a regular conversation and i'm like hey how you doing steve you're like you're like ah uh, you got like 10 dot it's like subtle yeah it's, subtle. it's not anything where somebody's gonna be like oh man i'm sick i'm very on drugs it's like i'm very on drugs. <laughs> it felt like that i'm telling you man like it felt like it's because it just jumps because it, it, it's like yeah because like, there's like you said there's no nuance with it like it just no, jumps no, no. between these these big scenes, and there's no real like air between them. Yes. You know, like it, it you know, to kind of kind of feel that stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, I do like Tom Holland a lot. Like I Me just, too. I just, I'm, I'm a little concerned for him, like to get through these movies, like where he really has to like. He's a good actor. He's a great actor, I think, probably. But I mean, I just think mm. that you know, it, I'm, I'm having trouble buying him in these other characterizations you know what i mean and it doesn't help that like you know like you're saying the makeup looks horrible and like i'm such a like a wig person like the (laughs) wigs in these movies drive me fucking insane like it's like thank god he gets to the military and shaves his head because then he looks like a normal person right right, you know it's like all the scenes where he's got like longer hair or i mean even not even longer hair just like hair yeah it's just like I don't understand how that gets past like some sort of quality check. Like I, it drives me insane. Yeah. Like you can see like a line at the back of his neck yeah. where it stops. Like oh god. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes, I, it, it, bad this, bad wigs. We should do a whole episode on. I the would worst love to. Wigs. I would me love too. to. Me too. Please, let's do it. Um, me. but I don't know. I, I just it just doesn't work. I don't you know. It doesn't work for yeah. me. Like I I enjoyed some parts of the movie, but as a whole, for the for what it what it really kind of could have been and like kind of what the the kind of heat it had coming as like one of the possible latecomer you know movies that could get some you know awards traction it it, it didn't it doesn't it's not yeah. and um you know and it just doesn't work for me i don't know i, I was expecting yeah. more hoping more and um yeah it's not 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 one that i probably would recommend to anybody dang yeah i'm the same yeah, yeah. Same. okay cool um, it, I mean, you know, if it sounds interesting, if you're a Ho- Tom Holland fan, you know, wanted to see what the Rooster Brothers do next, if you have an Apple TV Plus subscription, check it out. I mean, you know, do what you want to do with it, but yeah. it just didn't work for us. Um, so we'll move over to the Hulu uh, film. I know we talked about uh, or John mentioned it a little bit last week, but I, I was able to check it out finally. Mm-hmm. But this is the uh, Slay Moon Try kind of doc about being a kid, a teen, growing up in the business in the 90s. It's kind of interesting because, like, I am not like I, I know who she is. I know you know the Funky Brewster of it all, but I don't knew. I don't. I don't think I realized like how connected she was in that scene, like with that group of actors, musicians, athletes, whatever you know, whatever it was. Like she was really like 
in the in the gut of it all like she was really tied to so many people that to this day have like just legendary careers um i think the interesting part of that too is that she was popular for whatever period of years punky brewster was on right and then her social life that she was you know that she was basically chronicling back then on video all the time yeah. that she, that's that is the basis for this documentary yeah. that she yeah. has all this footage like she wasn't even necessarily at the height of her fame when she was running around with a, Absol- like yeah. kind of a rotating crowd of yeah. people you've heard of and people whose faces will be familiar to you and i yeah. think that part of it is compelling and i think the just in terms of the wow she's got this person with this person wow that's incredible like that's interesting and yeah. i think that there is some interest there on the part of like myself and I think the culture at large about like child stars and what that experience is like. And I think the movie does have that, it's got that stuff in there, but it, it ultimately felt like kind of a vanity piece to me. It as does. I think you guys, as you guys remembered. So, I mean, it, it, is it just in search of a director slash editor who's outside of her, her experience to yeah. put it together? Yeah. Or does it actually need more of a narrative, more of a story to, to be a quote unquote doc, it, you know? If, if if what we're looking for... So I, I was talking to Aaron about this, talking to my wife about this. If what we're looking... My wife. My wife. If I was... You know, I was talking to my wife the other day about what this was. Like, if you think about it like a documentary, this thing is close to a disaster, right? But if you think about it like a diary, like a diary yeah, of this... this yeah. uh, an account. A time capsule. Because if you think about this, like... Punky Brewster came out in 84. None of these people were incredibly famous around that time. So Punky Brewster represented an extreme level of fame for these guys. So her being in the middle makes sense to me because Mm -hmm. she was, you know, 84 is when she hit. She's a little older. And they're like, I want to be like Punky Brewster. I want a show that has that kind of recognition. So it makes sense that she's in that world. Now, how she goes about it and how it gets a little into like people I've loved sort of deal. I felt weird about it. Felt like I just hope she got permission from some of these people to to say some you know, you know what I mean? Like maybe they didn't want to know that like somebody was like they were hounding her in her in her, her you know, her late teens and they were like, please call me back, please. Hello, this is Mike. You know what I mean? Well, well, there's there's one person who I think is a bit of a surprise yes. that I won't spoil. Yes. But it's like it's very weird the way the movie treats it because yeah. she doesn't refer to them by name. Yeah. But then there's there, so it's like I feel like there was some legal stuff going on because the people she does talk to alternately seem like people she actually has friendships with yeah. and people who she hasn't talked to in 20 years that are warm towards her and maybe helping her. But even on their faces, you can see them thinking like, what is this therapy session that you're filming? Yeah. <laughs> and and it, how is this a movie? I think all these child stars, again, would have something interesting to say, not so much about the drugs and the, the like, you know, the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll part of it, but just the act of being a kid and being in this adult business as they talk about. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do find that really interesting. And I think yeah. you almost kind of have to hand it to anybody who comes <clears throat> through that with their finances intact, with their family intact uh with their their sanity intact um and she seems to be kind of looking for those answers uh why, why was all this why was all the interview footage shot through like uh a, a, a like a scrim did you notice that it all looked maybe unless there was a better edit that was finally out but the one i saw whenever it cut to like you know the the people sitting there talking the present day footage it was like dim and looked like uh, honestly, like someone had rubbed Vaseline on the on the camera. I didn't see that. I didn't. Okay, I wonder. If that I didn't was notice the, that because the one I saw said at the beginning, "This is not a finished edit right, right. for si- for sound and video or anything like that." It was one oh, of those. Wow. Okay, maybe maybe know, it got you know, replaced. Some, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sometimes the screeners are that way. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 um, yeah. I forget which show it was that had really unfinished Lo- effects in Lovecraft. it that we saw. Lovecraft. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so I do, so maybe that was slightly improved. But it, yeah, it just felt like it was barely thrown together to me. Like I think I said something about it, it felt like an EPK uh, thing yeah. in a sense, electronic press kit thing. Except for the fact that it does go dark and intimate into this stuff. And there's you know there's a whole hey a lot of people I know died part of the movie too, which is again it feels like it's kind of dragged out, even though there's lots of people. So I wonder if there's just not enough storytelling around the people to make it interesting. I think a good documentary 
makes you understand what why you should care, even if you've never heard of anybody in it. And I think this, taken on its own merit, if you don't know who some of these child stars are or some of these people she was hanging out with later, the kind of skateboarding crowd, the kids crowd, um, if you don't, the movie doesn't do much to explain to you who those people are if you don't know who they yeah. are. And I think a good right. doc would have would have just a little bit more of that that context and perspective. Um, thrown in, but yeah, as far as someone who ran around with a camera and filmed everything, uh, she definitely caught some some interesting stuff. If, did you guys want to point out maybe some particular things that were in, interesting to see, or just you know people you didn't know hung out together? <clears throat> um, I mean, I, I just I think like I think just the I think just the scope of people I thought was interesting. You know, like I feel like you know, like you said, like the when she moves to New York, you know, and and kind of gets in with the kids crowd and the skateboard crowd, like those those figures recognizing them and like you know seeing like ronald said like people that kind of went through punky brewster like that were on that show before they got on to other shows you know and like the say by the bell like mike paul gosler and yeah. but i mean yeah you you see you you hear calls of mark Wahlberg calling in and you know you see footage of leonardo dicaprio and it's like it's just like really amazing like very raw footage and i think mark paul Gosser makes a comment that really stood out to me, like when she's interviewing him, like just the, the just how much time has changed in terms of like what cameras need and, you know, how unfiltered yeah. and unaffected everyone was with her filming. You know, you hear a couple people say like, oh, you film everything. Like, what's with the camera? But like, it's not changing how they act or, you know, how they are around one another, where, you know, in today's you know world it's a completely different thing where you probably would never capture the scope of those experiences that she was able to kind of catalog and diary and, and save on these tapes because of what cameras mean now to celebrity culture and social media and all this stuff. And I think yeah, that I think is he said, like, if a camera goes off now, I think, Oh shit, what was I doing when the camera went off? Exactly, what was I saying? Exactly. But, well, how is that going to be taken out of context? Or, you know, put out, yeah, it, so that it's part like the was really interesting. So it's like the last of a time, you know, it's like the last of an ability to really kind of, you know, even beyond this celebrity culture, you know, you think about just like our lives, like how often things are being filmed and like what you, what you pull your camera out to take a picture of or to take a video of. And, you know, I don't want to say they mean less, but I mean, it's so much and so often that, you know, the things that she's captured kind of seem to me, like, especially like that's my decade, you know, like that is such a like a yeah. nostalgic thing to watch. Like th This thing, like Ronald said, he nailed it. Like as a diary, as a time capsule, I think this thing is great as a yeah. doc about a story or, you know, what the, what the, what the narrative of the doc, like it kind of is missing one altogether, except for her kind of coming to terms of what she went through. And that's kind of, a, a, kind of weak to me, you know, like, I think it's kind of the, 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 the weakness of the whole thing, but just as a time capsule, it is bonkers to see, you know, the access and, you know, what, what she was able to capture on video and that, you know, that it's, it still looks that good in some ways. And, you know, how candid some of that stuff was, cause I don't think you see celebrity like that anymore and you no. probably won't. And we, we won't, our kids won't, you know, the future it'll be, it's so manufactured and so branded that that kind of like seeing what mm -hmm. a teenager in Hollywood was doing in the nineties, like they were being like fucking crazy teenagers. Like, you know, like now it's like they're rope. They feel like, they seem like robots, you know, like, you know, so yeah. for that, it's, I think a really unique kind of, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed watching it for that for, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that really surprised me was the New York portion, um, and yeah. everything that happened with that. Cause, uh, so Harold Hunter was, you know, known for kids, but I knew him as a, as a skater also, like yeah. New York scene, yeah. Supreme, you know, he was a very big in the beginnings of Supreme. So much so that like Supreme, like just posted the whole movie of kids on their website. He was very big in pushing Supreme around New York. So you know, when you see that she was hanging out with that dude, who was like, yeah. you know, he just kind of disappeared into obscurity after kind of kids and a couple other media runs and stuff like that with ads from New York, but. It's it's insane. She's I think the idea is like she's lived a couple lives. Yeah. And definitely. And, and and there's a term that the young kids use like I like you she's been outside. Like it's like a it's like this thing like I, I sure I was famous but I was also like 
accessible. I was out. I was having experiences. Um, I've loved a lot of people. Um, and I also had really big boobs. That's also a thing that she hits on very, very often. And I was like, well, I think that especially it deals with, and again, that's another thread that could have been a bigger thread if this documentary had like a subject to it is the whole like right. male gaze, yeah. uh, kind of creep factor of being a young woman in Hollywood who's developing early and how that forced her to grow up in ways she didn't want to and how she took control of that narrative in a way that is very empowering. And, and maybe before you heard stories like that, so that's what you might know about her. Right, What's right. one of the things you might know about her. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. You've kind of alluded to it. And I think that what it's like, it, the reason she's kind of lived a couple lives, is she's not quite Drew Barrymore, but she got started early yeah. and her fame came early. So she was like a little kid, like a single digit age kid yeah. with, with, like uh, you know, magazine yeah. covers and shit like yeah. that. And so I think that, um, I think that's a significant part of why she got to be sort of an elder statesman to to actors who were just a couple years younger than her, if younger than her at all. But like the life she lived before that that '90s era came, right. um, kind of put her in a place where a lot of the stuff that we're talking about too. I think it just is bears mentioning that she wasn't really acting during a lot of that stuff either. She was just kind of living a life, it seems. I'm not saying right, right, maybe right. if you look at her IMDb, she was consistently taking a role here and a role there. But she sort of went off the grid um, and was a kind of where-are-they-now person for a, a few years there. Yeah. Um, and I guess she still kind of is that, you know, a lot of like a lot of 80s TV stars, there's a where-are-they-now quality to them. But I think that that is another thing that makes her life kind of interesting to view is that, yeah, she was just going... You know, she went to New York to study acting, um, and and while she was there, she got in with this crowd. So I mean, clearly, she's a person who's looking for, I don't know, community and community, out there trying yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I find that yeah, it's a. It, I think that part of it is compelling, and I, I think you guys are right that as a diary, if you just want to see the footage, it's like if you were at her house and she showed you home movies, you would probably have a good time, and that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what yeah, this movie yeah. is like. Absolutely. Cool. So, so yeah, that's that's a uh, that's out on Hulu today. So that's yeah. called that's Kid Ninety. So yeah, um, I, I'd say check it out. I mean, I thought, Me especially if you grew, especially if you're of you yeah. know, if you're of, of of that generation, it's a uh, it's a pretty fun watch just for that kind of diary approach to uh to that time for sure. Well, she touches on both because I grew up, you know, she, Punky was on when I was a kid. So it's yeah. like the fact that the night, I don't know. I think that it is, it is like kids of the eighties and of the nineties. We'll, we'll see something. See, yeah. There's somebody's going to pop up in this movie that you're surprised to see, or a name that you're surprised to hear yeah. in this way. So, um, I do want to just say though, that like, now that you guys have seen it, do you, do you, I think I mentioned that like, isn't it odd for a movie that's just barely over an hour long to spend about the last 10 minutes with her saying what she's learned from making this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that part is where I really started to think this is a little bit too self, not, self-serving is an unfair word, but navel gazy or something. Yeah. It just needed yeah. that. It just needs some perspective. Okay. Uh, but it's very well-meaning, and she definitely does not come off as like a ghoulish figure. Um, and she, you know, she's just trying to like Stephen Dorff is an odd person. There was some odd stuff said between the two of them that just made me think. Well, these these two people aren't close, but right. he's just a person she could get <laughs> for this. Yeah, he's a name um, too. Yeah, right, right. right. Well, that brings us to the last movie that we're going to do. Um, why am I spacing on the name? Oh, The Father. The father. Oh, boy, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Oh, oh shit. no. Oh, oh no. Um, but uh, The Father, Anthony Hopkins. I think off mic last time I told you guys, there's that version of Anthony Hopkins that shows up and seems to kind of be just like, uh, you know, sleeping through it and kind of phoning it in or the guy who shows up and, and just memorizes his lines and spews them out. And then there's the version of Anthony Hopkins that murders you and squashes your feelings mm. flat. Um, and I think we know which version of him showed up for this movie, but let's talk a little bit about the father. Anybody want to start? I know Steve, you said you saw it today and you had, you had some feels. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Day. Like I, I kind of forgot until you reminded me that you had mentioned that, uh, that Captain Phillips, and you're like, I don't invoke yeah. that easily, and you're right, <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, this is just like a really so. This is a movie that is uh, he's one of the co-writers. We also directed uh, Florian Zeller, who was adapting this from his stage play. But this basically is a story about a man um, going through Alzheimer's, and you know, basically, it's told basically through the perspective of his his point of view. Basically, you know, like his interactions with his daughter. Uh, with his a caregiver, you know, daughter, his daughter's significant other, and just like, and it moves through this physical space that he's in, um, 
and kind of really kind of takes you along with how disorienting it is, how confusing it might be to be going through a, uh, to be going through that. And I don't, you know, I don't want to give, not that there's like spoilers, but not to give too much away in terms of where the story goes. I think that it's important to just acknowledge, yes, this is like, this is, this is like top shelf Anthony Hopkins. Like, mm. I don't know how many other, how many more great performances, uh, you know, he's going to be giving in his amazing career in his life. Um, but he's definitely one of the best around. And I think that I don't know the last time I've seen him this good. And it might be one of my, one of my favorite performances from him. Um, everybody in the movie is great, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yes. he just kind of, he, he, he just kind of, uh, the performance just crescendos the whole movie. It's like a slow build. And then you have what John described that the, you know, the last 10 minutes or so, when it all kind of clicks and um, you really do experience the confusion and just the spatial, you know, lack of awareness. Like it's just, this is a devastating movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll yeah. say like, I texted you guys, like I, I was like a mess watching the end of this movie. I mean, I, you know, having grandparents that kind of went through this or, or versions of dementia and just like, the fear that I have every day of like what could possibly happen to my parents and watching the daughter in this film, um, try to help her father and, you know, just what, Oh my God. And it's like getting emotional talking about it. It's, it's, it's hard, man. It's just really hard. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing movie. I love the movie. The performances are incredible. He's amazing in it. And it is like an emotional roller coaster. If you've ever, you know, had someone that had this affliction in their life and, you know, has had to deal with this either themselves or you in terms of a caregiver helping them. And, and, you know, you've seen it firsthand, which I have. Um, It's just, it's brutal. And uh, it's, it's amazing. Like I I thought it was great. Yeah. It even captures that little, like the very lucid moments where he's putting, where he's turning on the charm. Yeah. Those scenes are really painful too because you've seen like my granddad who died at 98 and uh, I mean the last year or two of his life there was some problems at the at the uh the community he was living in the yeah. the you know what's the assisted living community that he was living in because there was some little old ladies were getting tired of his like horny notes he was sliding under their doors mm. and it's like it's not uh, good but it's yeah. also like yeah. it's also like well the guy he was he was like you looked really nice in your gown. The other, you know, like I don't know what kind of shit he was saying, but like yeah. you know, sure. I know him, and I know that he was that guy. Like he wanted a girlfriend. He always had a girlfriend. He was always flirting with somebody. He always flirted yeah. with everybody, and it got yeah. kind of more embarrassing the older he got. But it was also some people would really be taken by it, yeah. and he would meet somebody new. And for the first ten minutes, you could see them kind of going, "Oh, ha ha ha," and it was like, "Oh, you know." And the the grandkids all thought he was kind of funny and cool, but all his kids would always sort of. Like, you could see them tensing up. My yeah, dad, in particular, yeah. who really felt responsible for him and it's like really thought of this man as his best friend. Like, you could tell he would get he would get more irritated with them than anybody because he was like, you're not representing yourself. But I think he was irritated to see him change, to see him fade, to see him lose his potency, to see him lose his power. Yeah. Um, all of that is very, very, like, gut-wrenching and very poignant to think about. Like, that if you live long enough to enjoy a long life, then you're going to diminish yeah. And if you keep living, if you don't drop drop dead or get hit by a truck or whatever, then you're going to just fade away. Um, and, uh, you know, it is horrifying. You talk about thinking about people you love going through it, Steve. I'll add to it. The way this movie places you in his mind, yeah. it's one of the first times I... I mean, I think about it sometimes, but I feel like those years are a few years off, you know, hopefully. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it this movie almost becomes a thriller because of how much you are in the mind of a person who can't piece together their reality. And I think that is an, one of the expert things that it does is that it makes a movie that sounds very dreary and very drab. Uh, it makes it into a, like you said, a roller coaster ride. It's actually very watchable and very like engrossing, um, which I think adds a layer. Sometimes this kind of subject matter is too depressing and, and too bleak to, to enjoy. But this movie has bright spots and it has wit and humor and cleverness in it. But it, it all becomes the more painful when you realize mm-hmm. That you know you're you're watching a man whose reality is deteriorating. Yeah, um, yeah. I I've had some firsthand experience with uh, mental 
deterioration in both young and old people. So um, I can tell you that, you know, I, I, this is not something that's just restricted to someone that's uh, an older person. So I have a I have an acute fear of this sort of thing. In fact, um, I, I haven't ex- maybe haven't expressed this to you on air or maybe I have um, Groundhog's Day style films mess with me. Like they're like because, um, you know, when you when you when you experience someone going through it, you know what it, it kind of reminds me of? This is a weirdly simple idea, but um, you know how sometimes like you lose your balance and you're in this perpetual state of kind of trying to catch yourself when you mm-hmm. when you're talking to somebody that's that's kind of lost uh, their grip on things, it feels like that. It feels like they're flailing a little bit. Like it's like a perpetual state of flailing, right? And when I when I experience, when I experience firsthand, and you know, family members are going through it uh, right now. It's it's a very uh, hard thing to describe. And this is the first film I've ever seen that's really done it in a way that makes sense to me. And 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 is the 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 realization of all my fears it's like you know it's like you look at one thing you come back to that thing it doesn't feel the same then you look back yeah. it's not the same and then and then somebody tells you that everything that you've saw within that time isn't this you know it's like it's 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 really you know i'm trying to i'm trying not to like you know put anybody's name in there but i'll say that i you know when you have those experiences with family it can be very hard, obviously, and yeah. this does the best job that I've ever seen. I don't know if I'll ever see this movie again. I have to be honest. I don't know if this is a movie that I'm equipped to see. I like ugly cried. I left. I let out like a weird sound, like you know, in the third act when everything kind of comes to a head. I, I not only ugly cried. I just kind of bellowed. It's like this weird yeah. sound because you know what it yeah. is. It's it's like. You're mourning. You're mourning your past. You're mourning your pe- your present. You're mourning. Um, it's all these things kind of happening at one time. And I've never seen a movie do anything like this ever in any movie I've ever seen about a loss of uh, memory, a loss, of, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's. I've never seen anything done like that. The, the, I guess the closest thing I've ever seen was um, I think I I think I want to leave. I think. I think uh, what's the Netflix movie we were watching the, the like horror sort of film with Oh um I think you're talking about the 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 Charles Kaufman movie Yeah what what's the name of that I think I'm thinking I'm thinking of ending things I'm thinking of ending things is the only film I've ever seen and I've you know I've seen a ton of movies about it that's ever portrayed that sort of you know challenge that someone has with reality in a way that feels real to me um, so this is, I don't know, man, he killed it and everybody around him did very well. Yeah, but, no, there's not, there's not a single bad performance yeah. in it. And, and what's really interesting is like the way that you do figure out who everybody is. Like there's a couple characters that you don't really understand their context until very close to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it hits you, you go, Oh, I think I now understand no. what was who and who was what, like that there was a man and there was another man and they were kind of blending together in his mind. Yeah. But I think I know who did what I think I know yeah. in the end. Who was, yeah. um, you know, like more of an antagonist and more of just kind of a bystander, and and same with the the the, the women that come through. And Olivia Coleman bears specific mention. I mean, she's an inc- I mean, she's, she's been around for a while, yeah. but like I think nowadays people just know that she's incredible and she's, she's getting these great roles. Yeah. She's in a she role. Just rises yeah. to the occasion, like nobody's business. Um, I thought, uh, but who was? Is it what's his name? Is it Rupert Sewell? Rupert Sewell. Rufus Sewell, right? Uh, he was great. I mean, he was really like again, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's it knocks great. you back on your heels just a little bit. Mark Gaddis, I think, was the other guy's name, yeah. um, and uh, he's an, uh, he's a British character actor you'll recognize from a lot of things. And he's got this kind that everyone has this kind of menace because you don't know what's going on, and you see a man who's like. Gosh, the way Anthony Hopkins plays this, the pride of the person who doesn't want to admit they don't know yes. what's going on and how they play that interaction, how so many of his interactions 
are studied ways of interacting with people that avoid owning up to not understanding what's going on. Yes. And it's like you can be lucid enough to know to put on that facade and to kind of make a little joke and have a little thing that you say. And there's a thing he says throughout the movie about um, her moving to Paris, his daughter moving to Paris, and he keeps saying they don't even speak English. And you can tell it's kind of like a joke, but also kind of not, but it comes up often. But every time he says it, he says it with kind of a twinkle, like the other person is supposed to join in with him. And anyway, it just, you it's so well observed. And yeah, I think you said devastating, Steve. It really yeah. is like, yeah. there's no way around it. This is one of those movies. It's not, you know, it's like Old Yeller getting shot in the end. And it's like, it's got that kind of ending where you just go, oh, this is what it's been leading up to. And I would say there's a specific line that is the moment when I made my man howl, uh, Ronald. I, you know, I don't know if I quite bellowed, but I think I did like go, oh no, or something like that. Like I'll sometimes say like, yeah. oh God, no. I, I had a moment like that watching this movie of just, oh shit, this, this, this moment just hits it home. But it is, I, I do want to stress, it is very watchable. You, you guys are right that rewatching it might be punishment, but if it's not, uh, it's not as grim of a viewing experience as a lot of movies like this are. Yeah. And I think that's because on top of everything else, it does have this kind of, ambitious filmmaking idea of sort of, of it's almost like one long scene you know yeah it, yeah, it feels keeps, like that you know, it keeps, keeps turning yeah. into the next yeah yeah um yeah i think i think one of the one of the other things like you know you kind of were hitting on it john just now but like you, you kind of get this sense from him like as the scenes are changing and he's kind of not sure where he's at that he that he's kind of uh like he through the movie he becomes like more and more reserved in terms of like the interaction in in these scenes or in with these characters that keep revolving like you know and the confusion is a little more uh obvious to or or feels like it's becoming more obvious to him um but like you know when you feel that shift in that last scene where as a viewer you kind of feel like you come out of the perspective of the rest of the movie like this whole time we've been kind of in his mind Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of watching the that that whole moment, that scene at the. I, I won't even say, but like yeah, at that scene and, and yeah. at the end, like you, you, I felt like I kind of came out of his perspective and like was able to just watch and just like mourn this this poor man's you know realization and breakdown and oh man. And and in uh, is it Olivia Williams? Is that the actress? Yes. Yeah, she yes. that scene with her, like that that last few minutes, and her um, the that that just that nurturing. Uh, yes, of, no, of like trying to be like, there for that person, man. That just destroyed me. Mm. Yeah, it, but in a way that you imagine she has to do this a lot. A- absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's just and part of the she job. Sees this a lot, right? Yeah. This is like a this is like a massive surprise to me. Like this is a movie that kind of came. I'd heard like it, the irony is like this is a movie that was like really talked about this time last year. Like it premiered at Sundance last year, kind of like Minari did. Like this is one of the ones that people were talking about a lot, and I'm kind of surprised that more people aren't talking about it. Or maybe it's just like a lack of a campaign for Oscars or for award stuff. But right. I'm like shocked that his name is not popping up all over the place more. You know, between him and Delroy Lindo, like it seems like those two names are not present in a lot of these conversations of nominations and awards at all these different critics groups that are giving out i hope i hope i hope to get some recognition you know when oscar comes around whether he wins or not but you know for a body of work that he's had i think this is like man this is like a nice 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 uh just punctuation at the end of it if, it, if it's one of the last that we get from him it's it's quite a performance how, you know, what What are some of your other... Oh, well, go ahead, Ronald. <clears throat> How do you feel about the idea that this is a man named Anthony portraying yeah. an older... Per- Anthony or whatever, you know. Yeah, like, yeah no, I older, thought... Like, I, that has to be... That has to be at least... Like, they can't be unaware of that. So I feel like that makes it... That does make it... That does add a layer to the movie, honestly, for me. Yeah. It makes it feel like Anthony Hopkins is... Because, I mean, you know, I, I didn't mean to, to smear him earlier when I talked about him sometimes just phoning it in, but he's said as much as certain movies he, he shows up and he just, like, you know, practically yeah. keeps the script in his eyeline and just, you know, does the line. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and he can do that, you know. He, he knows how to imbue. I think he's said that most of his Marvel gigs have been that. I think he said that uh, so, Ragnarok yeah. was not, but that most of his Marvel gigs have been, like, he just shows up and, 
you know, it's like, oh, I know this kind of fake Shakespearean style. It, you know, he doesn't mean, he's not knocking the material. He's an actor. The actors think about things that are part of their craft. Right. This feels like him bringing something very deep and very personal. Um, and I do think that maybe there is some attempt to not so much blur the line, but at least make us realize Anthony Hopkins himself is aging. Um, he, he must be cutting close to the bone playing this kind of character. Uh, uh, yeah, it just goes in so many uh, different directions. Um, People need to see this movie, but yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna need like a, some decompression um, afterwards. Uh, what are some other great Anthony Hopkins moments? The one that stands out to me, I think I've brought it up on the show before. I know that um, I'm the only one here who really loves Remains of the Day, but the end of that movie, he like realizes too late that he sort of missed a chance to have the love of his life, and this is like years later, and he kind of breaks down in a similar like. He's the stiff upper lip guy the whole time, mm. and then he has this moment of of weakness where you see him basically like crying like a baby, saying, "I, I you know, I should have said this, I should have said that." Like he's nervous, he's he's like it feels like he's having a legit breakdown, and it always hit me so hard because it's like it's that whole thing of watching someone who tries not to show emotion finally just utterly break down and have no dignity almost in that moment you know i think that yeah. is you know that's something he can do and it's very powerful to watch and you almost have to not do it often <laughs> for yeah. it to be powerful what are some moments that stand out to you guys as far as like great anthony hopkins roles um i mean i thought he was great in the two popes i mean thinking recently i thought him mm. uh jonathan price were great in that together uh, obviously silence of the lambs is probably i don't know the performance yeah. that most people right. will go to um Trying to think of other ones that kind of stand out to me. Um, what was that one? Um, the movie wasn't really like anything big, but there was in a movie called uh, Oh my God! Oh, the world's fastest Indian. Did you ever? Did you guys hmm. ever see that? No, no. I, thought, I didn't I thought, see it, but I remember it. That was like in two thousand, like four or five. I mean, not not an older film, but like I thought he was. Nobody saw the movie, but I thought. I thought that he was really great in that movie. Um, I don't know. What about you? Anything? Oh, Nixon. I thought I thought he's good in Nixon. Oh, right, yeah. Nixon. He's great in that. Um, that moment on the steps where yeah. he goes out and he talks to the kids. Like that's a that's a moment of weakness or vulnerability that I like. You know, that character too. The way he's constantly trying to be liked. Yeah. Uh, and wants everyone to think he's great. Like that. That's yeah. He brings that quality that I'm talking about. That makes you uncomfortable where you see someone's like flaws just writ large kind of um for sure um i think about uh legends of the fall i think about uh <laughs> because, because it was the first time i thought man brad pitt and then <laughs> anthony hopkins being great in it and uh trout you know just westerns and stuff like that and so nixon also and then yeah that's great, yeah that's uh choice. hannibal lecter just you know, him yeah. portraying Hannibal Lecter. So, did you guys see Two Popes? No, the trailer. I saw a little so bit. Good. I saw a little bit of. Uh, you guys would love that movie. He was on, but I. Um, so good. Oh, two. Where is that? Uh, Netflix. Like what? What? What outlet is that? Netflix. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was a Netflix original. Was that like twenty nineteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was twenty in twenty nineteen or eighteen. But yeah. yeah. I think he got a nomination for that, but that was I, that movie was it's a, it's a Fernando Morales uh, film, and who did like the Constant Gardener? Um, yeah, it's him and Jonathan Price, and I mean they're great in it together. But um, that movie is like highly watchable. It's very entertaining too. Like having no information about how uh, that whole thing works. Like I, I'm not very in the know about a lot of that, but mm. I thought that was a very easy watch, and I thought that movie was great. Um, but yeah, this is another one that just like kind of that, that was the same way where like, I kind of watched that at the end of the year for like, you know, top 10 consideration. And I think maybe it just missed my top 10, the two popes. Like, I don't know. It, it was just outside of it as an honorable mention, but, um, but yeah, this one, this one is, I think this one kind of shot to my top 10 for sure. Like I, I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hard, hard, hard to watch. I agree. It's hard, hard to watch by a second time, but that's. I'm there. not going to hold that against it at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a masterpiece. Like it is, and the thing, and this is the, and this is the director's first direct like feature film. Like this is his really directorial debut. Like yeah, he's and that's, I think, pretty impressive too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that 
the the father is, now. is would be yeah, my yeah. recommendation. <laughs> Let's go out yeah. Uh, the father is in theaters today. Comes out today, uh, and you know wherever theaters are open, um, if you want to pursue that. But again, more importantly, in two weeks, I think on the twenty sixth is like kind of where it's going to roll out. Um, if you want to be able to rent it, buy it digitally um, in some manner on your Peabody uh, service of choice, and um, I think we'd all agree that it's like a highly recommended. Find find the movie, see it, however you can. Hopefully, it, it kind of sticks around through the award season and gets some traction there. But um, hopefully, you guys can check that out because uh, all the movies we talked about today, this is the surefire one yeah. for me. You got to see this one. Yeah, you will enjoy. Yeah, it. and 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 just just to kind of. Uh, we all got to see a digital screener at home, so we are. Get, I, I think my recommendation is wait two weeks and watch it at home. But if you can go out to see it at a theater and you feel safe and you you know whatever, uh, just uh, stay safe out there, folks. Yeah, man. <clears throat> all right, cool. Well, uh, see, I don't think we have anything else to throw in there. I think it's gonna be interesting over the next couple of weeks. Like, so South by Southwest starts next week, and uh, we're gonna try to figure out exactly how we're going to cover because it kind of starts in the middle of the week. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how much we'll see before we record next week's episode, but whether it's next week or the week after we'll have some sort of coverage. Um, we're trying to, you know, do our part just like we did with a little bit with Sundance to like try to see some films that are there. There's a lot of documentaries, a lot of shorts, um, but some really interesting ones. Um, I know I was reading earlier today. I'm really interested in that. We work doc. Uh, I don't know if you guys check that out. No, or have no. seen that. It's called like, it's called like it's a Hulu uh, doc coming out later this year. Called like We Work, or the Rise and Fall of a Forty-Seven Billion Dollar Unicorn, and it's oh, just wow. like a documentary about like you know literally that just the you know what happened with Adam Newman and and We Work. But um, there's some other like Dem- there's a big Demi Lovato doc, Kevin Smith doc. There's an interesting looking doc called uh, Kid Candidate. The Lost Sons. I don't know. I've been trying to go down and like make a list of what I'm trying to see. Um, but I don't know we got to kind of coordinate that and see how we can best do that to either time it for next week's episode or the weekend a- or the week after that. But yeah. whichever it ends up being, you know, movie movie, we'll have some uh, South by Southwest interactions. So hopefully we can bring some titles here and talk about them so that, you know, whenever they get picked up or whenever they come out for you guys to watch, you can seek them out and, you know, we can make some recommendations, hopefully. Yeah, man. Um, we could show off and make you jealous that yeah, you don't get to see it. I can't wait. When we yeah. See it. yeah. Yeah. Also, Finally, man. Snyder Finally. Cut's next week, too, right? Yeah. Snyder Cut comes out next week. Yep, next Thursday. That's the night 18th. If we, uh, maybe, maybe we'll see it. Uh, we'll we'll see. see it. It's four hours, man. We got to devote four hours to it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> if we can do that one day and date, we will. But we, we we don't know if we'll be able to. So who knows? Next week, we just don't know. Yeah, we, we just, don't know what we'll be talking about. I like about. that it's kind of up in the air. I, I yeah. like that magical. No, it's sort of, it feels kind of special. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your your comment on the text thread says otherwise. Oh, you're talking about the, the, the randomness of some of it? Yeah. You're, 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 I feel like you're like, I just want to know if we're going to see this or not. Like, <laughs> Look. <laughs> That Let, magic should not let, be in the air. That that should just be a yes. We're gonna be able to see this movie. Look, it's a it's a privilege what we do, for sure. and and, for sure. and it's really you know it, it is we we have to leave it to the movie gods sometimes, and yeah. I think that's really cool. You're like, come on, please, yeah. please. <laughs> where we where we <laughs> so? Oh man, cool. Well, we'll get back together next week, and whatever it ends up we are uh, that we've seen or whatever, I'm sure we'll talk about it as as we always yeah. do. So. MovieSchmovie.com is a site. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, find a platform of your choosing. You can find us at uh, pod.link slash MovieSchmovie. It's a nice landing page. You can listen right there. Or again, you can click the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, any other ones that you might choose. Uh, that's the three that I remember. Um, but it's a nice landing page. So you can even share that if you want with your friends and family to, to turn them on the MovieSchmovie. Mm. Uh, Facebook.com slash movie schmovie, same on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you haven't checked out, we have a series that we're doing over the we do it over the weekend when there's Marvel shows airing, so we're kind of going to be off for a week or two. But um, we have a the Marvel Marvel series on our YouTube channel, so if you want to check out that, if you haven't or if you're still catching up on WandaVision, you can kind of time it, check out those episodes, 
uh, with the episodes as you watch them. And we'll be back doing more of those once Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, comes out on the 19th. Um, so if you guys are good, do you have anything else you want to throw in there real quick? Not I. Not I. Um, cool, guys. Good talking to you. And uh, we'll see you next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.